0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Start a Puzzle brought to you by FullScale.io. And we're back. Back for another episode of Start a Puzzle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. If you want your business to grow, you probably need to give some time and consideration to how you can unleash employee engagement. There's a lot to unpack there and we're going to try to get it all in to today's episode which is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has a platform to help you manage that team. Go to Fullscale.io to learn more. Joining me for today's conversation is Nancy Lyons. Nancy is the CEO and founder at Clockwork. You can go to clockwork.com. There's a link for that in the show notes. It's right next to the full scale link. Why don't you just go ahead and scroll on down to that and click both of them. You know what we're talking about a little bit straight out of one of the twin cities, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Nancy, welcome to Thanks, Startup Matt. Hustle. Thanks, I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, we've done a lot at full scale to increase employee engagement. We even have an employee engagement manager. So, uh, but, but where I'd really like to start the conversation is learning a little bit more about your backstory and your journey that brought you to sure. us today.
1: Well, <clears throat> thanks. I, uh, um, I always appreciate telling the story because it's a sort of a non-traditional path. Um, but I, I never thought that I would spend my entire career working in technology. I actually thought I was going to be an actor or a comic. So go figure. Um, and and interestingly enough, you know, when I when I started working in this space, a lot of my colleagues were musicians and artists as well. So um, you know, I've been I've been working in technology since the 90s. Um, I actually just yesterday was talking to somebody because uh, I was doing dinner theater at night. And I was um, working at, a, at an early internet service provider by day. Um, <clears throat> and it was, in fact an internet service provider that I ended up being the president of, and that um, we sold, but it was a premier um, residential provider in the Twin Cities. and it was you know it was before the big telcos came in and monopolized the entire game. Um, and we started building websites in 1995. So that's how long. I have been doing this work since most people that I talk to on a daily basis were zygotes. Um, And uh, we sold that company. Uh, We built websites for BASF and M&M Mars and Miller Coors. And then we, um, that company was acquired in 2001. And in 2002 uh, we um, started Clockwork and Clockwork is a, uh, experience design and technology consultancy. And we work um, with uh, a wide number of corporate um, enterprises, uh, ranging from companies like Optum to Ameriprise to Mercury Marine to um, United Health Group. <clears throat> uh, we spend a lot of time in regulated industries. So we work with um, uh, financial services, healthcare, manufacturing, and insurance a lot. Super exciting business. Um, but we're helping, you know, a lot of these organizations that are regulated, who have sort of been slow to adopt technology shift. And I, my, my business partners and I self-taught, um, you know, we, I, like I said, I was gonna be an actor and I decided to learn Pearl one day because that's what you do. And, uh, um, really developed a theoretical understanding of how the business is going to work and was able to get involved in that internet service provider and, and, and and shift into digital um creation design development um and then once that was acquired uh clockwork became sort of our central focus. We also have another studio called tempo, and tempo is um, low code no code agile um as you're probably aware the the uh, business that we're in right now can sort of plot along because big companies move slower and tempo is really it really exists to um, serve startups and small to mid size organizations who are dealing with more pressure to actually just get it done and get out there
0: to launch. Okay. Now, um, you know, you mentioned you, wanted, you thought you I'm would dead. be a comic. I would probably not be fair to you or the listening audience to not share a couple of the dad jokes that I wrote about yes, entrepreneurship. Yes, I would
1: love to hear them. I would feel cheated if I didn't.
0: And, and I know I, I was like, I, I, this is the perfect chance. So, um, you know, I wrote my pitch deck in Braille. I'm going to get funded. I can feel it.
1: <laughs> All right. I'll give it to you. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, they're dad jokes. Like you we, acknowledge you know, that right jokes, out of the gate. Know? I appreciate like, it. Um, Yeah. Um, okay. So I asked the venture capitalist when I'd get funded and he said, March 1st. So I walked around the office <laughs> and I asked again, I like
1: it. I like it.
0: All right. I got, I got one, I've got well, like okay. 20 of these, but I've only, if you want to hear the rest of them, go find me on social media. Cause I did publish them. Some of them have been big hits. So, um, you know, I, the last thing I wanted to share is, you know, I have a fear of elevator pitches and So I'm taking steps to avoid them.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think it's early and I appreciate
0: them. Stay tuned, (laughs) listeners. I might break out some more of these. So anyway, you know, yeah. I mean, what? And and yesterday I got back to the office and I found my co-founder had been on eBay all day. I mean, if I find him again tomorrow, I'm going to lower the price. (laughs) I'll lower the price. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Uh, there's one more. My investor says I have two major faults. Uh, I don't listen. And there was another uh, okay. one. All right. That's enough. Anyway, back to employee I like engagement. Yeah. I, okay. I mentioned that the employee engagement is an important thing. And, and thank you for listening to my jokes. Hopefully you all, I I, I felt the clapping of listeners around the world there. But no. But when you talk about when I think about employee engagement for us at Full Scale, we're just a little context software development. Uh, we have three hundred and twenty-five employees, most of which are in the Philippines. And then March twenty twenty occurred, and they sent everyone mm-hmm. home to go work. Uh, with that, the in-office culture and everything that we had spent years developing and and making awesome was mm-hmm. useless. It wasn't the same. It was it required a whole different thing. So we created a position for employee engagement. And, and for a couple different reasons, one, um, health, mental health, you know, people are basically during the pandemic, you know, locked in their, in their homes. And it was kind of a lonely existence. And also we wanted to create a sense of community virtually, uh, which evolved in some other things too. Like, you know, we do quarterly events that do get people together in person. We still have, we still don't, are remote only, but Um, You know, this, the employee engagement programs, I think had a lot to do. So in 2022, the Wall Street Journal had deemed that the year of the resignation, but we had a 93% uh, employee retention rate, which is huge, huge in any year. And we feel that the employee engagement efforts, which are everything from uh, contests, clubs, different things that are just kind of getting people involved and creating a sense of community, um, were, were really important. Now, I know that the word tribes is on the naughty list for use for a lot of people, um, but there is a book called Tribes by Seth Godin, which is all about creating a sense of community. And I've read it, and I think it's a very important thing because by, by, by doing effective employee engagement, you should also, be, in my opinion, be working on getting them to engage with each other Um, If you can create that sense of community. Now, Seth Godin uses the example of the Grateful Dead, which I think is a great example because people follow that band all around the world. And if and if you've ever went and I'm old enough to have gone to a Grateful Dead concert, half the people were there for the parking lot and half of them are there for the show, but that gives you a good example of the tribe find If you can get people, people find as much value in interacting with them, each other in the community, that becomes a more powerful draw than the main attraction that's on the stage, which could be the company or the founder or like something you're, or maybe even the product that you're working on. So, I mean, how, how do you feel about all that? Well, stuff? yeah,
1: I mean, I think we, um, we have sort of applied a really shallow definition to this idea of engagement when it comes to employees, Um, you know, engagement is send them a survey once a week, ask them how they're doing engagement is, you know, I mean, when we were all in the same place, it was, you know, we got caught up in gimmicks, put, put soda in the fridge and tell them it's free that's engagement and I think, um, you know, it's much more nuanced than that. And it's it's also two-way. It's not, we don't just engage them. They must be engaging and they must recognize their responsibility in engaging each other. So I, you know, I I am with you in that I think that engagement is something we have to invest in. Engagement is something we get to explicitly ask for. And I think as organizations, we have to decide what that looks like. So, you know, I talk about eng- engagement in a really different way because I know a lot of folks that talk about engagement are talking about, <clears throat> you know, what what can we do to make them happy? And I think especially in smaller organizations like yours and mine, um, you know, not not tiny but small um, compared to, you know, the big, big corporate entities, um, I think we can have an expectation of participation in culture and in the health of the organization and in that connective tissue that keeps people coming back. Cause they might see you or me, they might hear your podcast and say, I got to apply for a job here, but it's not you who's going to keep them. You know, it's the people they work with. It's how uh, the organization shows up collectively that will attract them in the first place. So yeah, I think engagement is a much broader topic than we generally explore in these conversations
0: yeah when i think about employee engagement a, a a weekly or monthly survey does not make my list like that stuff's important but that's more that's hr data that's not engagement that's feedback from the community engaging is is okay so i i i i have a heavy hand in in the beginning of this and then they kind of ran with it cuz Engagement to me needed to be things that people wanted to do and things that we could do with each other that built a sense of team or whatever that, you know, like, and in a remote environment, like, okay, well, there had to, there was very, almost certainly someone that you met. During the pandemic, you had a Zoom relationship or you had with with them and you finally meet them in person. You're like, oh, man, it's great to finally meet you. Changes the dynamic. That's that's an example of engagement, creating something where people can do that with each other. Now, part of what made me feel so strongly about this was I had been trying to recruit a senior manager to come from a company in the Philippines to work for our company in the Philippines. I just couldn't get this guy to come on board. And finally I messaged him. I'm like, just teach me. Why didn't you want to come? And you know what he said to me? He goes, well, you offered me significantly more money, but in the end he didn't want to quit his job because he didn't, he played basketball on a team with a bunch of his friends. He didn't want to Mm -hmm. quit the team. Yeah. I mean, think about that. That's like, to me, that was kind of wild. I was like, whoa, but it also really, showed like his engagement and involvement with the other people that he worked with and the high value that was put on that. And like, think about that. That's a weird thing. Cause you're like, I can't, I, I offered him a significant pay increase. The benefits were better. You don't yeah. want to leave for that reason. And, you know, that's, and I was, and that's why I was like, man, we really got to, I really wanted to get some things going that would make our employees like find more value other than Mm -hmm. just a paycheck. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as leaders of organizations, we can set the voice and the tone we can um, inspire and encourage, but uh, we need, you know, it's interesting I use this analogy and some people are like shocked by it, but I'll, I I'm going to go out on a limb here and imagine that you won't be. Um, I mean, I heard your dad jokes. I'm just going to say, um,
0: I, uh, I've got another, I've got another one. Excellent. When the Let's time close is out
1: right. with that. When, when we're all done, just lay it on us. We'll leave laughing. <laughs> push yes, it to the yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> well,
0: or, or wait till the last you possible or, moment you know, call, me, call me. I get it. I see yeah, where you're yeah. see no, where at. No, I actually enjoyed
1: you them. Are. I laughed. I'm right. I'm in. Um, but I often compare work to cults. And hear me out here. That word cult. You know, we're all. I mean, so many people consume.
0: I, I'm not. I'm yeah, nodding my so head. So many people yeah. consume
1: true crime, and we're all much more familiar with so many cults, especially after the pandemic, when you know podcasts were a huge form of entertainment and 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 uh, learning um and and we see these leaders as being the instigators of the criminal activity but the truth of the matter is let's look at jim jones for instance did you know that your podcast would take this turn today let's look at jim jones and
0: we would be talking about that what jonestown and 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 the world's largest mass suicide sure
1: just call nancy lyons if you want to get sensational call me um But when we look at that, you know, tragic as that story is, Jim Jones set the stage, but the other cult members were the ones who uh who made the Kool-Aid, who served the Kool-Aid, and who forced the Kool-Aid on uh the, the, the victims of that horrible event. And I think that's and, and themselves. then themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a yeah. perfect illustration of how unhealthy cultures work at work. You know, the CEO can be, uh, can set the tone and and in fact can be inspiring and can be, um, you know, somebody who encourages progressive thinking in the workplace and can have embraced all the new ways of working. But if in the, you know, the the layers of the organization, there exist people with influence who continue to sort of do things the way they always were, they've always been done, or continue to lament, you know, the past and continue to try to connect with it, um, we're not going to change. We're not going to create a healthier culture. They're going to continue to to point backward. And, you know, they they feel better with the past. The past is known. Um, the future is unknown. That makes people anxious. And, I, you know, and, and we hear it everywhere. I mean, I was just saying to my dad the other day when we were having this Um, uncomfortable political conversation that, you know, the reason that we look backward to the good old days is because it's known, we're familiar with it. But then I asked him, you know, he's an 85 year old man. I said, but dad, when were the good old days? Was it during the depression? Was it during, you know, the Korean war? Was it when, um, during the civil rights movement? Was it in the set? Like, when were the good old, what was actually so good that there was no, you know, there were no horror stories, there was no discomfort, there was no poverty actually never. And <clears throat> and yet we romanticize backwards. And I think that's true of, of work. I think that's true of organization. It's why we keep having these conversations about where we should work instead of how we should work, right? And I think the how involves more people inside of the organization, more active conversations, more explicit requests. I think the how is far more complicated and requires people's participation to Um, explore, to determine, to define, and to work.
0: Yeah, they got to feel good about it. So uh, I'll share another employee engagement thing that accomplishes more than just employee employee engagement. We actually created a a holiday, an in-house holiday that we call Outreach Day where we spend our admin staff spends quite a bit of effort finding a number of charitable causes or community things that we can do. And we give everybody a a day off to go participate in that Mm -hmm. if they want. And it's a big thing at our company. And now imagine 300 people showing up. And and, and so they feel, so that accomplishes a number of things. One, they get to engage with each other. And then that's, the, that's like the third stage, like the, meaning like that's not even the main event. The main event is feeling like they're giving back and then doing it within their own communities. So last year or this year, we planted hundreds of trees. We cleaned up like a mile of beach. Um, we installed solar panels at schools that were off grid. And we also had an animal rescue where we showed up and just did a bunch of work and you know cleaned out painted did a bunch of stuff like that and we and we had uh, last year we adopted an wow. eagle in that same thing i didn't I, yeah i didn't even realize we had a con but but we spun that into the reason i mentioned that is we spun that into an employee engagement contest where we did a, uh, a like a reductive process to name wow. an eagle um, which got named C sharp, like sure, yeah. coding software, which was a great, a great name for a, for an Eagle. And we announced that at the company Christmas party. So you see, you know, you can get these things that kind of tie into each other. And, and I think that, I don't know, I, I pride myself at being able to create quality hype mm-hmm. on some days, but but that's what it is. You got to get people involved with it. And I think that one of the, you know, later when we did an actual HR type um, anonymous employee engagement and feedback survey, um, I mean, we got overwhelming amounts of comments about how they, that our employees felt like the company cared about them and also cares about the community it operates in. And they feel very, pr- they have a sense of pride to produce. To work for a company that comes in and contributes to the to the well being of the local community. Now keep in mind, in the Philippines, that's that's over the you know the course of many of our employees' lifetimes. They've also watched or, or still do watch a lot of exploitation type stuff where foreign companies or new companies come in and want to exploit the local resources or people. We're we're mm-hmm. on the opposite end of that. We're trying to disrupt that. And like I said, you get into that, and people feel really good about it. I think the thing is, is if your employees feel good and take a pride, have a sense of pride in where they work and who they work with, and that culture, man, the the, the there's there's a lot of power oh, for sure, in that. it's a lot. It's a very for sure outcome. So. Now, hey, I got I to gotta do okay. some work for a second here. I got to remind everyone as I talk about the company that if you need to find expert software developers, that doesn't need to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Full Scale platform to define your technical needs and see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Go to fullscale.io to learn more. As a reminder, with me today is Nancy Lyons, the CEO and founder of Clockwork. You can go to clockwork.com to learn more more about what they are up to. There's a link for that in the show notes. And then I think I would probably be best to tell you another joke right now, because I've got that many just Excellent. ready to go. Um, and Nancy, do you know why the startup founder's office was always a mess? I don't. He was too busy disrupting <laughs> to clean up
1: i keep giving it to you it's early i'm 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 i keep enjoying these i i have to admit nice work
0: well you know i i I mean with that i i asked my co-founder to embrace his mistakes and he gave me a hug (laughs) yes yes i get it so now 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 look this i'm telling goofy dad jokes but you know, these are also th- these kind of things. Now, I don't know if telling jokes because that can go a lot of mm-hmm. bad ways for you with, if you're telling jokes to your to your um, you know community of workers. But I think as a leader that that it's important to I've made a lot of effort to be out to uh, operate out on the same level with my employees. Meaning, you don't work yes, for yeah. me; you work with me. And I think that. I think that that, that is a a dynamic and, and, and I, and look, I think a lot of CEOs and leaders say that I think that very few of them actually mean it. Um, You know, I get that feedback that, you know, so I'll give you an example. When we first uh, started operating in the Philippines and, you know, we had a hundred employees after a year. So pretty rapidly growing right away. And then, I would go and I would sit there I, when I visit, I would go talk to every single person. And then after I left, we'd do kind of a quick survey about the management interaction. And they get this overwhelming response that said, I, basically, to paraphrase all of them, it said, I can't believe the CEO spent as much time talking to us as he did. And my first reaction to that was, where have you mm-hmm. been working? You know, now, look, if you're at Apple, I can't expect Tim Cook to interact with 400,000 employees or however many they have. But there are ways to do that that aren't maybe personal interaction. Like one of the things that I do is um, every quarter I send out a video update and it's just me in this in my podcast studio. I turn on the same camera and I record an update. About it. And then, um, you know, a couple times a year too, I send out a, a, a form that basically says, What do you want? You know, I do kind of a, a, a you know, a Ooh. town hall type format, which my employees have learned that I'll answer most questions they submit and they have some fun with that too. I think one of the more interesting ones was, Matt, do you drink? Want to get wasted? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> You know, you get some of that, but you know, but I think that by putting those kind of questions out there and then answering them in a transparent, candid way, um, you know, the pandemic was really where I first started doing that because I didn't really have a way to interact with the pe- people in person. And then I was like, "Huh, this is a very effective way to do it, especially." And then you want to get them to engage with the actual video, put the question, answer the questions mm-hmm. they have. <clears throat> And you know you you get it you get a really good sense of what's going well, what isn't, and what's important to people. Yeah,
1: anyways. absolutely. I mean, I think you and I are cut from a similar cloth, and I imagine some of that is sort of the Gen X CEO, uh, you know, thinking. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and imagine we're in the same generation. Um, but I, I I also think we're young, early yeah, early yeah, yeah twenties. Right, I'm a hundred percent Z. Um, I, uh, I, I feel the same way in that, um, I, I do feel like, uh, I owe people my time and attention and, you know, whatever that looks like. Like, in fact, we're having an all staff next week. So we're flying people in. We're mostly remote. We do have a building. It's sort of an iconic building. It's an old service station in in Minneapolis that we've redone and, uh, it's it's kind of fun, and so we're flying people in for a two day all all staff on site, and um and the entire uh, agenda came out of my one on ones with the whole staff, um the things that I'm thinking. So the what I heard was the pandemic got us away from sort of a cross organization um, agreement on standards of excellence. So we're gonna define those. But the other thing that we're gonna you know, and so we're having meetings to sort of um, review some of the things that came up pretty regularly in those conversations. But the other thing that I've challenged them to, and I, I, I just had a one-on-one with my COO yesterday to work out the logistics of this and the outline for it. But, um, uh, we're going to have a design thinking workshop where we explore the future culture of clockwork. So one thing that I've recognized and that I heard from so many people, and I'm sorry, can you hear my dog? Because of course he's been sleeping all day, but right now he's at my ankles. Like, are you going to feed me? Why are you talking? Who are you talking to?
0: Okay. Excellent. I
1: apologize. I
0: cannot, but now I know. I'm actually
1: out of town. And so that's why there's this weird backdrop here. But anyway, um, uh, what I hear from them is what I feel that I think a lot of people feel in that is we are exhausted from zoom, right? We are having meeting after meeting, after meeting, after meeting on zoom. And we have, and so the way we've compensated for not being near each other is, and you know, we've always had remote workers, so that's not new, but now we have more. Um, I actually got another building at one point in my career because I I used to say, if you people didn't like each other, we wouldn't need more space because you'd stay home like normal people. And that is employee engagement. And we're coming together next week to talk about how can we, you know, examine how we work, explore new ways of creating that connective tissue and that culture, you know, that sort of cultural, um, tissue. And, um, and then how can we, uh, do that without creating more opportunity for meetings? you know, uh, because we're exhausted. So how can we get better at working asynchronously and how can we, um, uh, really think actively about what the culture needs instead of saying, well, you know what, what, what we need is each other. Let's go back to the office. Instead of doing that, like everybody else, we really want to challenge ourselves to think more out of the box. And I'm kind of excited about the results, but then the other thing that I'm doing, um, that I think is important. you know. Clockwork is different because we're a technology consultancy, but we have a change practice. Because most organizations, when they invest in technology, it fails because they're not taking the people along with them. So we really work hard to take the people along with our clients. Um, and that's something that we're going to do with ourselves next week. But out of this, we're hoping to have a template for a workshop that we can use with our clients and beyond to help them push themselves out of the where will we work and start asking the questions about how they're going to work um, that may be different, that speaks to what the future is looking like or what direction we're headed in. And I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. You know, there's there's so many situations where, I, I don't know, I look at like, you know, there it the show Silicon Valley that was on HBO for years uh, did a really effective job of making fun of the Silicon Valley type workplace where everywhere they went, it was like, do we have more sushi chefs? We have more bowling alleys. We had, it was more, you talk about how we're going to work. Um, I would look at some of that stuff. and be like, if we're going to work. You know, and so some of that, I think that, that it's not necessarily about how how many ping pong tables or air hockey tables or pinball machines you have in the office or sushi chefs because I mean sure that stuff's nice and it's fun um, you might find that you might get more communi- community and employee engagement if you hand out brown bag lunches and give people a picnic table to sit at you know there's there's a million things and when it comes to to definition of of a company's culture. I'm personally a strong believer that it, that it can and should be defined and created by the community itself in some regards. Like if it's just about what your big grand idea is, as the CEO and you have hundreds of employees, then that's a, that's, that's a selfish approach. Like, you know, I don't like the idea of employee engagement shouldn't always all be around work engagement. Like I mentioned, like doing these quarterly team bonding events. I mean, those aren't like sitting down and doing a, a workshop and I'm not trying to pick on workshops. No, 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 were, I totally you were agree. You're making one, but you know, and those are important, but it's, I think it's important to do stuff like, okay, so in the Philippines, karaoke mm-hmm. is huge. And I have, I have had amazing fun and engaged with my employees mm-hmm. singing karaoke and i'm not like a big karaoke guy. i do have the voice mm-hmm. of an angel i can angel, tell but i don't reach mm-hmm. it that should, but i did you know and and so with that but it's back to that like from a, and i'm just speaking more from the leadership perspective like yeah you just have a mm-hmm. different job than these people do at your company and um i think that that, that goes a long way and I, I i i recently purchased a farm just south of Kansas City and i had a I had a, I I built a little half court basketball court just recently for me and my kids. And, um, you know, I was so impressed with the guy that built it because, uh, you know, he had a big crew of people and he was the first one there and the last one out every day. Now, he also engaged with his employees by helping them do work. I saw him on the sides like doing other stuff and getting to know people. And, you know, th- and where I'm going with this is sometimes employee engagement can actually be done from the leadership perspective by showing up and doing the job with them for a few minutes. I've done that for every job we have at full scale. Like, and it, like they were shocked to see me dragging trash bags out of the office one day. Now, look, some of that I do to help, but I, I don't think if you get out of touch with the job that all the people need to do at the company that you founded or run, you don't really have a good perspective on it. Now I could tell that, that the guy that was laying concrete, that is so much different than building software, you know, but I could tell that the employees really engaged with him and were like, I could just sense it because he wasn't just showing up and barking a couple commands Mm -hmm. and then leaving, you know, and like, and some people think that's a form of engagement. It's not, you know, it's like, I mean, there's a, a lot of ways to, 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 you know, to get through that. Now, um, you know, speaking of bad culture, did you hear why all of the employees at the soda startup? uh, I did not. It was so depressing (laughs) to work there. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I artfully set that up and then,
1: yeah. (laughs) 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 Yes. I mean, it's your podcast, man.
0: I may change the title of this to, to be, you know, unleashing employee engagement and a great and a yeah, bad side I, of dad. Jokes. I like so, it. I like it. I, uh, you unleashed I, that You problem. did this to everyone yeah. else. So either, <clears throat> either thank Nancy or get mad at her, but direct all the comments yes. to her. To yes. Nancy Lyon. Yes. She's on LinkedIn. Yes. And she's written yeah. some books. She's written some books too. Why don't we go ahead and you uh, want to tell everyone what those books are. We shouldn't have made it to the 33rd minute without oh, you're doing nice. that. But I found you're them nice. on Amazon.
1: Um, yeah. I co-wrote yeah. a book about, uh, uh, you know, essentially digital project management with a human centered um, uh, lens. And uh, it's a, you know, that book's been a slow burn. It's been around for a while actually, but I think it's great for people who are making a shift mid career or people who are curious about, how to create digital product. Um, it, uh, it's called um, Interactive Project Management: People, Pixels, and Process, and uh, it's um, it's used as a textbook in colleges, but it's not nearly that dry. But the book that um, a lot of people are appreciating right now, um, and I appreciate that they appreciate, uh, is um, it's called Work Like a Boss and the subtitle is a kick in the pants guide to finding and using your power at work and really what we're talking about when we talk about engagement in the workplace is that power is the idea that most folks when they apply for a job you know they they look at that job description and they say that's what I'm going to do and you know when we think about even the global conversation about work you know there i think a lot of people had an existential crisis during the pandemic and they're asking themselves like what am I doing this for what's it all for do I have a purpose? And then a lot of folks' solution coming out of that is, you know what? I'm only going to do what they paid. This is only what they paid me to do. I'm only going to check these boxes. They're not going to get any more from me. I'm tired. Well, we're all tired. But I also think that work is more challenging and more interesting if you go all in and if you look outside of your job description to see where you can add value. And I think where people get confused is when I say add value, I'm not saying work more, work harder, exhaust yourself. I'm saying... Add value, think differently, solve problems, take initiative, take risk, and I think the average employee. And again, um, you know, I I don't even I don't call my own colleagues employees because that's uncomfortable for me. But I do think when we're looking when we're casting sort of this this wide net, uh, when we talk about employees, the average employee really takes from a job description what the expectations of them are but the most valuable people especially now when we're seeing technology conversations bubble up when we're seeing people scared of you know AI and what it's going to do to their job we need engaged folks not people who you know and and you mentioned this earlier Um, You know, when you were talking about, you know, ping pong in our industry and foosball, like I used to say all the time that people imagine we're just having a party every day, we're on skateboards, and we're playing ping pong, and we're actually not working at all. But I think that's because our culture really confuses gimmicks with culture. And um, and I think culture is much more intentional and setting those expectations and hiring high performers who are interested in being more hybrid and not just fitting in a happy little box with a label, those are the people that have really ambitious futures to look forward to. And I think the people that need to be afraid of AI are the people who don't think outside of their job descriptions. And that's really what my book, Work Like a Boss, encourages not, people to do. Yeah.
0: If your skill set's so limited that AI can replace right. you like that, then you need to work right. on your skill set. I mean, it's like, I've had a lot of people, you know, being in the software development business, people are asked, they're like, what do you think about AI? Is it going to replace developers? Not anytime soon. Um, and probably never because there's just a lot of components to that, that, you know, now do I think it'll be a tool that helps people do things better, faster, or cheaper? Absolutely. And now. It's already happening, but and that's a good thing. You know, like you talk about, you know, AI is is going to end up doing the jobs that we struggle to find people to do anyway. Like I went to McDonald's last week and ordered from a full on AI everything. Like it was a robot in the, in the window. And like, I mean, they're at the or not at the window, but you know, at the, at the stand, and I was like, "Oh, this is!" I, I immediately thought, "I was like, there's no way this is gonna get right." So I was like, trying to, I was trying to break it. Basically, I was sitting there like changing my order and doing this and doing no, no pickles on that. Mm-hmm. And it nailed it. Now. Why is that important? Cause you know, businesses like, and I'm not, I don't have any vested interest in McDonald's success or failure. It's just, that's where I was when this occurred. But I know for a fact that they have a very difficult time finding people to do mm-hmm. some of those jobs right now. So, you know, a lot of it's also just repetitious stuff. And then like, you know, I think that, you know, some of that stuff, there's tools that could make your job more attractive and better. Like what do I use chat GPT for? Like, Give me a list of talking points. Give me some inspiration. I even was showing, I worked in the music industry for a while. I was talking to one of my buddies who was a rock star, and, or is, not was. And and I was like, dude, have you tried AI for writing songs? He's like, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I was showing him GPT and I asked it to write me a country song that was based on the idea that I wanted my beer to be as cold as my ex-girlfriend's oh, awesome. And it wrote a hit. <laughs> and it wrote a freaking hit you know and like and that, but it, you know that's the kind of stuff like there's somewhere where you're stuck or you need leverage or inspiration and i and my whole point for for my musician friend was dude this is a muse in your pocket you know and like you could even like if you're trying to write give me 20 things to mm-hmm. write a song about i don't know just see what happens you only need to have one thing that pops to like mm-hmm. really be good. And, you know, so there's a lot of stuff out there. And like, like I said, these are things, but these are things that can still be like employee engagement tactics. When you talk about the community, like, Oh, I'm, I'm finding, uh, I'm finding that I, my life is a lot easier and I'm having more fun at work because I'm using this tool to do mm-hmm. this, this or this. Mm-hmm. The idea of community is to make mm-hmm. the community better. That's well- my point. So like some of these things can can some of these things can be added in there. By the way, do you did you do you know why the Beaver startup there didn't get go.
1: funded? I do not.
0: No one could understand the damn business <laughs> plan.
1: Did you just was this all in a day's work or did these come about over a period of time? Did you sit down with Chat GPT and craft these or yeah? I did
0: not. I write better dad jokes for entrepreneurs than GPT, which is one of the few things that I found that I actually do better. <laughs> no, we were, uh, I was recording short form content, mm-hmm. like videos and reels. And I was like, you know what? I kept seeing these two guys that were telling dad jokes. They're like sitting on a dock somewhere where you live. Cause I could see lakes mm-hmm. and snow and stuff like that. They just told really funny dad jokes. I was like, someone needs to do this. So yeah i uh i I looked up a bunch of dad jokes and I read through hundreds of them and and when I saw one that um could be converted I did I like it so yeah I'm running out of material but i I'm planning on going on tour because I feel like so many I got invited to like an investor be a speaker and an investor thing and I really threw him a curveball I was like I'll be a speaker but I'm only gonna tell dad jokes about entrepreneurship <laughs> and they're like what and I was like because by the time you get to me at three PM, everyone's gonna be asleep. It's gonna be the only way we're gonna True. wake people up. Well, you have know? good material. So, I like uh, it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the, these are partially stolen but mainly revised. So um yeah. Did you also hear why the software developer uh took a better job out of food? I did startup? not. The celery was no, too No, you turnout.
1: didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I. Yeah, I kind of ran. Through. Did you hear? Did you hear about the startup that just kind of evaporated? Mm-hmm. It'll be missed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I sense that I had a good audience with you, you to tell these jokes. I feel like Thank we bonded. I feel them. like
1: we bonded. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, you told me you thought you'd be a comic, and I, I did. was immediately. i am like looking on. I wrote these, most of these on January 14th of 2023, apparently. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, And then I'll give you, I'll give you one more. Did you, I mean, this one's a little sad, but did you hear why the startup founder's wife left? Mm -hmm. Someone had to eventually exit. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I've been saving this. Ready? Here we go.
1: Nice. Nice. Sound
0: effect. I've got two of them in this platform. I've used them maybe three times in 1,200 episodes.
1: I am here for you.
0: There you, you can go. send
1: me a thank you note. Forgo- I forgot mm-hmm. I yes, had snail that. mail.
0: Yeah. I know. I forgot I had that. Yeah. I really did. I don't even know if there's any of it I've missed. I'm looking at this list, and oh, do you know, Dublin, Ireland, has uh, been a real hot, hot space for startups. I, I heard that all the valuations there are Dublin. <laughs> I kind of blew that. I, mean, I wasn't supposed to say Dublin in the beginning, but yeah, I think that's all I got. I'm looking through this. I think list. you really yeah. your strongest oh, yeah, material. Yeah, you
1: yeah. led with your strongest material, and now I think the expectation is that we're all drunk. <laughs> oh, so mm-hmm.
0: the bad ones mm-hmm. work. Yeah. So I think you.
1: I, I like the way yeah. you've I think lined I got these through up. All
0: it works. One. I'm trying. I like the Braille one. The pitch brilliant. deck and Braille. I'm gonna get funded. Mm-hmm. I can feel it. Yeah. Some people don't really. I don't know. I find that. Um, yeah, I think the other one, I, I, you have to think about it was, you know, asking a venture capitalist mm-hmm. when I get funded Boom. March 1st, I walked around the office and asked <laughs> again. So, so anyway, yeah, I'm officially out of material on that. I I'm told glad I all could all help them, except for the one that's mild, you know, that's mildly inappropriate that I can I take it. Tell, so
1: you could edit it out.
0: Did you hear why the erectile? Did you hear why the erectile dysfunction startup nope. failed? It failed to raise. There
1: capital. we go. There it was. Yes. <sighs> yes. <laughs>
0: that was my. Uh, uh, once again. Direct all comments, feedback, and That's hatred to Nancy Lyons. Yes,
1: Nancylyons.com. There yes, you go. Just bypass my company. Just, yeah. just bring it to me.
0: Well. <laughs> Well, we, we are here at the end of my improv comedy hour and another thrilling episode of Startup Hustle was brought to you by FullScale.io. Look, just go to FullScale.io and if you fill out the form there, I'll write another dad joke. I'll write another dad joke for every league that think, comes. So do it, do it for the community there, people. I do think it you've for just the sabotaged community.
1: yourself. From, I did I have...
0: I think you should. I did. Hopefully... I hopefully, I watch. We'll get an influx of leads, and you're, you know, yeah, I'm just going to be there burning the midnight oil. I even bought a book of like 600 dad wow. jokes that I could like go through. I just never, I just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was the hat startup that was doing really well. Um, people weren't surprised that they got ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did, why didn't the umbrella startup get funded? They give up the founders the founders were a little <laughs> shady i actually have an a good one i forget okay i'm afraid to put my burn rate on the calendar because afterward my days will be numbered <laughs> i can only tell that to entrepreneurs because most people that Do aren't don't rate. understand what the hell the yeah. burn rate is yeah, you know, there was a lot of buzz recently um, around a founder that had, that, a, a scarecrow that was a new startup founder. The word on the street was he was really excellent <laughs> in his field.
1: Okay, now I feel like, now I feel like. Um...
0: I got called back for an encore. <laughs> That's how it Didn't works you right? in threaten me mind, with the
1: end? Did. I think you threatened me yeah. with the end. And now I feel like.
0: I did, you know, I did. But, but these jokes these jokes are similar to the pitch deck I saw for the anti-gravity startup. They're just really hard to put <laughs> down.
1: I mean, I could put them down. Give me, Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I'll down. put them down.
0: That's Oh my god. That's the whole lineup. You just, yeah. You, you got just it, blew all it all, all on, on, one on this show. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. But I'm sorry Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nicely done. So those guy, I got mixed. I got mixed reviews on, on social media. I even had a couple people like, you know, do the thing where you can ha- have your reaction and my video mm-hmm. at the same time. And there's one lady that's like either like giving thumbs up or thumbs down. I'm like, come on, they're all good. <laughs> but, all right, so here we are at another, at the end of another episode of Startup Hustle and yes, my improv comedy. Hour Um, on on the way out, Nancy. I usually do what I call the founders freestyle and kind of look back at the best things that were said. We all know those were my jokes Mm -hmm. today, so I will just cut to the chase and say what are what are what if you had to give a couple tips on on or what what are other than the jokes? What are the most important things that we focused on? I think
1: you know. I, I think we did a fine job of talking about the you know the the different ways to think about. Engagement. I mean, we see engagement as a one sided, you know, ordeal, and it's really about, you know, making people happy. Um, and it's confused a lot with, you know, gimmicky behaviors. And I think engagement can also be an expectation of uh, a, an expectation we have for the people we work with. Um, engagement is a dimensional um, process, and it requires care and feeding every single day. And I think that's what we covered that I'm excited about
0: yeah I, when I look back at it, I think that the mix you have you have had a lot of great tips and then I and, you know, feel free for those of you out there to copy, take any of the any of the things that we've done at full scale. I think that I, I would look at something like we did for Outreach Day. like it is just fun to take a day and give back mm-hmm. to your local community. Uh, it feels good. It feels good. Um, it looks good. I mean, realistically, we didn't do it for for PR, but that kind of naturally mm-hmm. happened, you know, because you'll find that what, what I found, I'm friends with a lot of our employees on Facebook, is I just saw tons mm-hmm. of posting about them doing it and taking pride in the company that they worked in. And that's a good, that's mm-hmm. good for recruiting, you know, like that's, that's. You know, so some good things can come from it as well. And that, I, that's probably my favorite one out of all the things that we do, because it just has all of this like it's just wrapped mm-hmm. in good. And and I think that if and, and, you know, I'm not a super religious guy, but I do believe in the power of intention. And if you have the intention of creating a good quality community and a fun place to work and, you know, a fun place can work, to work can exist without having to work inside Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. Arcade, you know. So um, and there's a lot of people that don't want to be mm-hmm. around that, too, you know. So uh, I think that overall, you're not going to unleash your employee engagement if you mm-hmm. don't try. You know, like you got to try some different things and try a bunch of stuff, take the same outlook I have on entrepreneurship, which is sometimes trying 10 things and Uh hoping one works and keep that one and then try some more and then ask the community, let the community decide. What do you Uh want to do? You know, like what, what, what will you participate in? Cause if you launch a bunch of stuff that people aren't interested in, then they're Uh not going to, you know, you're. Yeah, you know, that, that's not going to work. And I think the last thing is create a variety of stuff, you know, like employee engagement shouldn't just have one side or one face to it. Because that's, you know, with 325 employees, assuming that they all like the same stuff, like we have a mountaineering club, a basketball team, we have a music club, which by the way, practices throughout the year to then later perform live at our mm-hmm. Christmas party. I love it.
1: I don't have mm-hmm. to hire a band
0: but no, but, but they have a lot of fun with it, you know, and, and, you know, there's, I mean, we got a variety of other things too. Like, you know, like, I don't know, there's, mm-hmm. there's a big list. So, um, and by the way, Nancy, none of that stuff's that right. expensive. And
1: like, they usually run with you know, it, like, you know, you ask for a, it and it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's it. So if you want to unleash the engagement, you can maybe start by engaging and asking mm-hmm. what people. So, yep. There you go. I, you know, I, I got to get back to. I got to write some more material. call me I again, all of it and this, I'll cue it all up for to you. I'm here. Yeah. I, I'm gonna actually do another show with you, and I'll tell because right. you laughed at all of them, or yeah. at least almost all of them. And then I'm gonna figure out how to put a laugh track in here to go with that, so it sounds perfect.
1: Like,
0: uh, yeah, people actually perfect. Think
1: it's I mean, fun. I'm gonna invoice you for the laughter. All right. Laughter. I'll let you know you when I have clear.
0: them.
1: I'll invoice you, you for the laughter. I just want to. Be clear.
0: Oh, all right. I'll I'll put a budget in it. Q4. Excellent. I'll catch up with you down the road. Startup Hustles brought to you by fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button. Then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. So we do it like we do it.